Hello, and welcome to the Fat Boys in the Union podcast, brought to you by Blake Haynes, Derek Imberton, Ryan Barker, and Tanner Crawford. We bring you somewhat factual, observational, and very delusional sports and world takes. We hope you enjoy the journey. Thank you. What's up, everybody? It's Blake Haynes here with Fat Boys and the Indian, um, bringing our new uh, podcast um, cast. With me tonight, I've got Tanner T. Sizzle Crawford. Hey, Tanner, what's going on, man? That was like the most depressing intro you've ever done. You're supposed to like pump me up. Like, I just got done delivering like 95 packages. You're supposed to like get me feeling fucking good about myself. <laughs> Giving you some sauce. <laughs> yeah, but no, not much, man. Just coming off a, a very rare weekend of uh, KU and the Chiefs winning in the same weekend. What kind of fucking shit is that? Yeah, that is uh, something else. Uh, you know, it's funny when you play the right guys, when it comes to college football, what happens, you know? Yeah, and it's, uh, it's funny because I think back to when KU was actually really good. Basically – from like 2003 to 2009, but really that 2006, 2009, and that was kind of when the Chiefs were the worst they've ever been. So fittingly, it's 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 just kind of funny how it was like, holy crap! I can't remember the last time like I was so happy on both Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely. And I went three and one. I and I went three and one in my dynasty. So. I got to say, it could only go downhill from here. <laughs> you know, uh, overall, I mean, you talk about fantasy football. Overall, you know, I went three as one, one as well, um, not not in Dynasty Leagues. Um, three of them were just straight blowout wins for me. And then I get to my third league, in which it's pretty much standard. I mean, pretty much standard. It's like 0.5 per reception, but everything else is standard. And uh, I scored like 60-some points because everybody, like, died. <laughs> see it's funny my one loss that's like easily my best team and that was my one loss was my team that last year lost in the championship and I thought this year now granted it's a running back it's got like it's like 1.5 points per or not point it's got like a point per carry league so like running backs are king and I've got David Johnson um, Melvin Gordon Mark Ingram and there's one other stud I got like, he's like a top five running back. Well, anyways, uh, I was like, man, this league, I'm going to kill this year. And sure enough, I got demolished. I'm like, what the hell? This is my best team. It's <laughs> the way it goes, man. Uh, I know. But that's the thing about fantasy. Like, you know, you can say you're a fantasy god all you want, but it's so much fucking luck. It's like March Madness, except every Sunday. Pretty much. Uh, pretty much. As long as you're. As long as you're not Teskey, you have a 50-50 chance to win almost every week. But if you're Teskey, <laughs> it's, you know, he's like a 16 seed every Sunday. Drafting old school players. I mean, his, his top wide receiver is Jordan Nelson. He's, he's, yeah, he's John Gruden. He's basically John Gruden. He sells out for all these old people and KSU alum. <laughs> Just kind of like he, even in our college, our college uh, fantasy league. The first move he made, he traded um, a stud. I think he, yeah, he traded a stud wide receiver from Oklahoma State for uh, the K State quarterback and running back. Who I think the quarterback is the backup now because they're doing that whole uh, yeah two quarterback system thing. And then yeah. he got the K State running back who isn't doing shit. I'm like he. Of course, I played Steph in Week One, and that wide receiver fucking murdered me, but I still won. But it's just like, <laughs> God damn it, Teske. You don't have to always own the K-State players, like even if they're on the bench. <laughs> uh, but talking about some kind of freak-out moments and stuff like that, uh, a.k.a. Teskey's trade, um, <laughs> we're going to jump into our uh, first topic of the night. Um, Serena Williams basically freaking out um, in the U.S. Open, um, calling you know the umpire sexist. Um, what he did was sexist. Um, basically, the way I look at it is, um, Tanner, 
She's playing, uh, you know, not even close to the caliber we've seen her play in the past. She was basically getting just the brakes beat off of her, basically. And she needed some sort of crutch like she has, you know, she's had in the past when it comes to her losing. She's either been hurt, she's been sick. There's always been some sort of excuse for it. Well, this time there wasn't, you know. Um, she's far enough away from her, uh, giving birth that <laughs> – to her, uh, to her daughter, that that can't be a uh, uh, can't be the hormones. Yeah, it can't be her her crush. Or she was up late last night with the baby. It was just. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about this? Um, first of all, I don't think I've ever really watched tennis on purpose. I think I might have like passed it on, like accident. Like, oh my god, I just watched a second tennis, but uh. I do know that the ump has like 40 years experience or some, something like that. And I think the one person who probably enjoyed this, what do you think is uh, Venus who is nothing. I mean, I don't even know. Didn't, weren't they at one point, like both like number one and two in the world or something like that in tennis yeah, that top five. Yeah. And then now I don't even, does she, her sister even play anymore. Uh, not, not to my knowledge of it is. So I bet she kind of enjoyed that. I mean, especially <laughs> as a sibling, like, you know, uh, yeah, that's right. But, no, I think it's stupid. It turned into a whole political thing when, I mean, it, I, don't, I don't know. I know someone compared it to uh, baseball umps freaking out on the umpires and stuff like that. But, I mean, they do that to, like, fire up their team and shit like that because that's about the only thing a baseball manager can do because they really have no other – you know, thing they can do in a game. Like, I mean, I know they do shifts and stuff like that, but it's not like you can actually call a damn play yeah. and uh, stuff like that. But that's about all I got is that it was, I think it's overblown. And the fact that it's just kind of like how we went on last week about Kaepernick. It's like, why is everything turning into political shit in all of our sports? Well, and uh, actually, I, I don't agree with him very often. I find myself that I, I listen to ESPN's, uh, you know, uh, radio throughout the day, and um, Will Kane was on, and he was talking about, you know, before it got to the part where it was like, oh, hey, this is a sexist act, and he's just, you know, doing this because I'm a woman. I mean, you have to look at it like this. So that third strike on your out when she it cost her a game, right? It goes from warning to taking a point away to taking a game away, right? Yeah. So, all three of those times, I mean, if you've watched any of the videos, like, she is just grilling this dude. I mean, just straight up. I mean, at one point she said, you owe me apology. I'm not talking to you to, until you give me an apology. And, like, through like, this, like, five-year-old tantrum. I guess the one thing, though, wouldn't it only be sexist if the opponent she was playing was a dude? I mean, you would think, right? Or you know. both, both chicks, so I don't think you can call it sexist if he's... I mean, she's, like, from Japan, so you could say that it was a whole, like, race thing. Like, oh, I'm a black person. You only like Japanese people. Like, that I would understand, but you're both right. chicks. Shit, if, if one of them's a dude, it's got to be Serena. She's a monster. <laughs> well, and <laughs> if you – if you and she can't really do the whole race thing either. I mean, yeah, I think uh, she's uh, half Japanese, but I think her other heritage is, like, Haitian or something like that. And oh, I mean, it's it, – yeah, technically, I mean, it's not, you know, I guess you quote-unquote African-American. But, like, here, here's an example. Like, I look at, like, David Ortiz. You know, in my opinion, David Ortiz is, you know – I mean, he's a black guy, right? I mean, he's a stud black mm -hmm. guy, right? I look at somebody – you know, I mean, he's Dominican, though, right? So – but that, to me, I mean, I guess that may be – you know, weird to look at it like that, but it, to me, I mean, I, I gotta see. I don't know. It's just different, in my opinion. So throwing that race card out there when that person is, I mean, visible, visibly, I mean, she looks African American. I mean, in some sense, I mean, you can't really do oh. that. So she had also, if this was, say, the roles were reversed and it was that Japanese chick, do you think it'd be blown up the same way? Because Serena's this superstar, so. I yeah. feel like if it was, if the revolves were reversed and the other chick was feeling slighted, I feel like people would just be scoffing at her. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, this is baloney because Serena's, you know, this superstar tennis exactly. player. I feel like if the roles were reversed, it's a completely different thing. 
I and absolutely agree with that. We wouldn't even have seen this shit on Sports Center if that was the case. It would have been, you know, well, the rules are the rules. Well, you know what? Here's the way I looked at it uh, for another point. So take Tom Brady, right? As great as Tom Brady is, um, and as many championships as he's won, and, you know, accolades and all that stuff. Say, for example, he goes sometime this season and just gets the brakes beat off him by Miami like they have in the past. They have in the past. They have in Usually it's the Chiefs. Well, I mean, like Belichick and Brady in Miami, it's like I'd have to look it up. It is ridiculous. It's like Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Pretty. They play shitty compared to what they play throughout the year usually. Like if you you look at it last year, like – uh, Miami beat the brakes off of New England, and New England was like the hottest team in football last year. They went down there and just, I mean, Cutler just annihilated them, right? But Cutler say, annihilated. I know, right? In the same sentence, it doesn't even make sense. Uh, but say say that happens again this year, right? It would be like Brady walking up and telling uh, one of the female refs that they have now in the you know NFL and saying, you know what? This is sexist. You, you 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 threw that intentional grounding penalty on me to sway the game, and you owe me an apology. Even though there's a hundred other dudes on this football field. Yeah, exactly. Even though that Ryan Tannehill, the other quarterback on the other other side, is also male. Like, are, are you shitting me? Uh, it, it just another thing that I I uh, I saw come out here today was um, that umpires are like threatening to like basically strike. <laughs> Right. Yeah, because they're saying they threw that dude underneath the bus. I mean, basically, like, there's lack of support. So one, a lot of people thing that people don't understand uh, is when it comes to being a prof- professional ref or umpire or, you know, whatever sport it is, like, within their contract, they sign a clause that basically says, like, they're not allowed to speak on games, right? So mm-hmm. this guy has basically been berated and belittled by all these people, and he can't even do anything about it. Like, he just has to sit here. Like and just take all the shit. And, you know, no one from, you know, the tennis world has said anything in his defense. It's just like, well, you know, oh, no big deal. <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, and it's not the first time this has happened. Like, ESPN showed um, basically all the way back to, like, 2004, I believe, like six different occurrences at the U.S. Open where she's basically done this. Like, so... I mean, obviously, Serena Williams is Serena Williams, and, you know, you want her to play in your oh, tournament, but, like... It's all those testosterone needles she's taking. Dude, it's ridiculous. Like, something is... It's just... It's stupid. Absolutely stupid. Um, but, uh... Final take, I mean, uh, for me on this, uh, is... I mean, if you don't want to have to freak out and make up excuses about why you win, just or why you lose, just go ahead and play well and win, I guess. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, kicking it over, we're going to transfer over to a, a sport that you and I both love, um, football. We're going to go into the college world uh, for starters, though. We're going to talk about Big 12 football. Uh, got a couple of, I guess you could call them, high-profile matchups this week. I mean, Kansas State is playing you know, UTSA, which, I mean, the way they played last week, it looks like they're going to lose. Um, you know, Houston's playing Texas Tech. That's a good one. Ohio State and TCU is a good one. Um, I think Texas is going to get the brakes beat off them by USC. But uh, well, let's hear your thoughts. What what game are you really excited to watch this week? Well, of course, I'm excited to watch uh, KU play. Mr. Uh, all Mr. All Conference Puka Williams coming out, fucking putting, setting the world on fire. Twitter world was on fire in the KU football community for like the first time in probably at least 10 years. Like Twitter was going nuts over Puka Williams. Even like LSU fans were tweeting like, how the hell did we let this guy go? It was, it was pretty awesome. I, I, can't, I can't tell you. I mean, every year I, this is the first year coming out of the off season where I'm kind of in a lull every year. I am like sky high. Like, Oh my God, I fucking love KU football. And this year, I just didn't have it because I didn't feel like David Bay deserved to be coaching. And then Puka Williams stepped on the field, and I'm like, back in it, back in it. <laughs> you know, I, from an outsider, you know, looking in, obviously, um, it was 
just watching some of the highlights and stuff, the dude was – he's dynamic. Um, I mean, you've seen it on tape if you've watched anything other than high school. I mean, he's just so shifty. and he, I mean, his cuts, his, you know, it, yeah, in I, and out. I can't say he's got the – you know, he's not going to – he's not like a four two forty guy, but his agility, like it compared so much to Tyree Kill about how loose their hips are coming in and out of cuts and how fast their stop starts are. It was like – it was – it's just insane. Yeah, he's he's definitely special. Um, and I mean, you guys are playing Rutgers. You guys are at home. Um, it's a game that if you'd have asked me after you guys played Nichols, I would have said you guys have no shot in winning. But mm-hmm. after watching, you know, last week, you know, kind of what I think, I think you know, it was just a wake up call for Betty. It's like you know, we're not going to win if I sit here and try to throw the ball thirty five times a game. It's just not going to happen. We're going to have to sit here, Herbert. Williams, you know, we're just going to, uh, you know, we're just going to run the rock and that's how we're going to have to win. I was also intrigued about, uh, old KSU. Um, I put quotations around one and one because they had to come back like 20 points to beat that D2 team in the second half. But I was intrigued because Mississippi state, how long has Bill Snyder been there? Like since is 89, 88, something like that. I think his first year was 89. He went, what, 89 through, like, 2001, took the break, so and came back, right? Mississippi State is only the third team, non-conference team, to ever go to Manhattan and play Bill Snyder. Is that not crazy? Well, I mean, if you think about it. Uh, so, I attribute, and I'm going to be honest with you, I attribute Kansas State football program, um, nothing short of mediocrity. Um I'm also a Texas fan, so uh, there's no love lost there, obviously. Um, but, I mean, if you look at, like, his staple wins, like, yeah, he has a good bowl win over T-Sizzle and, you know, Arizona State the one year. Um, but really, what has he ever won? I mean, beating slouches, you know, when it comes to non-conference play and then coming back into in-conference and playing in the Big 12 North his entire career. You know, it's it's not been like he's had staple wins. Like, the Oklahoma win, the Oklahoma win was huge, but that was also one of his best ever rosters too. Which 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 one are you talking? Which Oklahoma win are you talking about? Sproles went like fucking ham on oh. big on the championship game against Oklahoma. Yeah, that's yeah, you're that's absolutely awesome. right. I think that was 30 Um, but. Like I said, it's just been it's just been terrible. I mean, if you think for how how I guess good they've been um, since Bill's been there, I mean, if you look at it overall, I mean, their bowl record, they still have a losing record. Um, you know, with Schneider, I think they have what two um, conference titles. Um, you know, <laughs> overall as a program, they're still. You know, they still have a losing program record. Of, you know, the winning percentage is like 45% or something crazy like that. And that's, you know, that's with Bill Snyder's tenure there where he's basically won 66% of his games. So it's not yeah. – it's just not that great. I, I, I'm i sorry. Uh, I wish I could say more positive things about it. Um, but I, I really can't, you know. Um, you, just, you just can't. Uh thing that stuck out to me was uh is uh ISU going back to the basement. Yeah, I mean I think it's smoked by Iowa, but still they're enough. supposed to be I mean I mean if you're gonna beat Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma team that was last year, you've gotta come back the next year and build off of that and beat Iowa. Absolutely. Um a game that I'm really, I'm really intrigued to watch is, I mean, it's a battle of two top twenty-five teams that, but nobody's really talking about it. It's kind of like flying under the radar, right? Um, Boise State. I, I don't know if you've seen. Yes, yes, I, I know you're going with this. Sorry, I, yeah, I understand because uh, Boise State's Twitter even, uh, Kirkshire Street put out like his top five teams of the week and something like that, and then Boise State's Twitter account was like. Did you not watch our game? We had like 840 yards total or some shit. Yeah, it, it, like legitimately, they had video game numbers last week, and it uh, yeah. 
And it was a D. It, who it was a D one school. God dang, who was it? Are you asking who they played last week? Is that, is that... Wasn't it a respectable team? They played. It wasn't Connecticut last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was a. a res- I mean, used to be a respectable team, but I mean, still, it's not like they're uh, Rutgers or Central Michigan. Well, yeah. I mean, your quarterback basically, you know, with Rippin. Uh, I mean, he throws for like 360 plus yards, a couple touchdowns. Um, they had two guys, 75 plus yards rushing, 350 plus. I mean, they literally just did whatever they wanted. Um, 200 yard receivers, you know, receivers. Um, it it was just a utter beatdown. I mean, for lack of <laughs> lack of better, so, you know, Oklahoma State could have their hands full this week. I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm I'm really intrigued to watch it just because you know uh, Van Gundy. I mean, he, or Van Gundy, uh, you know that those boys are going to be ready to go. Um, it just kind of is what it is. Um, uh, you know they always have a high you know octane offense. You know they're going to throw the ball around. They're going to make plays in the running game. Um, a guy who I think is really underrated when it comes to their receiving core out there is the Jalen McCluskey. Um, he's a smaller guy. I think he stands like 5'10". He's like 170. Um, another one of those Louisiana cats that are, you know, just got kind of overlooked. And Oklahoma State was like, well, thanks. And, I mean, he's had a decent season so far. Um, but it, it just it should be one of those games where you're going to see a lot of points, not a whole lot of defense. And it's going to be it's gonna be something. Um, even more so than I think the TCU-Ohio um, State game where – I think that that game will be fun to watch, obviously, just because of what's on, you know, what's kind of on the line, either you're winning and getting yourself a chance to go into the uh, football, you know, the, the playoff, or, you know, you're going to take a slight. TCU is this game. There's no way they're getting into the playoff. Um, Oklahoma State, you know, or Ohio State, you know, you lose this game, and it's definitely a humongous setback. So, um, yeah, that's, that's just cool. the way I look at it. Um but kind of moving on, we're going to jump over to the NFL world. Um, if, you know, <laughs> you were asleep all this last week and um, on Sunday, you may not have realized that um, Cleveland and Pittsburgh actually tied this week, which is kind of crazy. So it snaps um, Cleveland's long losing streak that they've had, which is kind of ironic. You know, the only way the Cleveland Browns snap their losing streak is with a tie. Um, very Cleveland Brownish. Um but I want to know your opinion. If Pittsburgh has Le'Veon Bell, do they win that game? I don't want to. I don't want to skate around it. But I, what I wrote down for this question was more because every year, I think last year when they had Lev Bell, I think they still only won by like three points or some shit. My thing for this question was, does Cleveland beat Pitt with Baker Mayfield? Good. Uh... Honestly, a good question. Um, I think, I think if you're comparing the two, because we could go back. D'Angelo William, Williams, I'm pretty sure he almost had a 200 yard game when he filled in for Left Bell once, and Connor did just fine without him. I think it was more Big Ben and his terrible road splits. But I want to know more, like if Baker Mayfield was running that offense, could he have? potentially scored more points to win that to win that game you know yeah it, it, that's a definitely a good um you know good side question um because honestly we'll... i don't think i mean now that this has progressed i know i was kind of on his side to begin with on this because it was like you know you want to get paid but now like i mean at least i thought he was at least gonna show up for week one you know yeah. and now it's just like dude like you just made the worst decision of your life or your career and who the hell is going to want to pay you after this totally like this makes you like especially if your own line's calling you out like i don't know who wants to play with them you know it's definitely like i said it's very selfish um i will say you know although it is a decent yards per carry average of like 4.3 or something like that james connor did tote the rock 31 times and if you look at one of the statements that Love Bell continues to try to beat in everybody's head is they're just going to give me the ball 900 times and expect me to, you know, be able to continue to stand up and they're not going to pay me. So, 
you know, if they're not going to pay me now, they're obviously not going to pay me after they use me another 450 times this next year. So what's the, where's the, where's the line in the sand, I guess, because Connor runs the ball 31 times and has five receptions four or six targets. Right. So, I mean, 36 mm-hmm. touches. I mean, he had a phenomenal game. Like you said, um, he has 192 all, you know, basically, um, all purpose yards and two touchdowns. I mean, a phenomenal game. And I mean, he deserves his, you know, his kudos, but at the same time, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think about it all. Um, with Lev Bell, I still think that the outcome doesn't change a whole lot because I mean, like I said, the production was there. I mean, 36 touches for 192 yards. I mean, could you expect, what do you, I mean, what do you expect? Lev Bell to go for like 250 or something? Break Jamal Lewis's record or something? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's just not going to happen. Um, your your question to the Baker Mayfield thing, my thing would be, um, I think in the passing game you could have definitely um, witnessed a little bit of uh, a difference, just because I think that Baker sometimes will take shots where Tyrod Taylor is more like an Alex Smith type of quarterback, like he's not going to do yeah. it. Um. However, um, I don't know if you get the same production on the ground with Baker Mayfield that you did with Tyrod Taylor. So Taylor has 77 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, I'm not saying Baker can't, you know, use his mobility and get outside the po- pocket and make plays, you know, with his feet. Um, I yeah, but know if that's quite that. About his max. Do it now. In an NFL, uh, NFL game, yeah, Baker's cap would probably be like 35, 40 yards for rushing. You would think. I mean, it's not going to be totally not even you – know, if there's nobody even close to containing, then, yeah, he, he could have a scamper. But, yeah, yeah he, he, he's a he's agile for a white quarterback, but he's still, what, like a four eight forty kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, uh, I, I think that, like I said, in the passing game, I think you could probably see a few more big plays. Um, I know Josh Gordon was limited to a, you know, a snap count, but – I think that you may have witnessed a few more shots downfield to him, maybe even um, an Njoku siding a little bit more. I mean, they really just used him, I mean, as a safety valve is what it looked like. And I, I don't understand why Hugh Jackson won't allow him to be what he needs to be. Athletic freak. Yeah, I mean, like, this dude is just off like the charts. Yeah, I mean, he's just off the charts ridiculous, man. Instead, he's got three catches for, you know, 13 yards. Like, are you serious? Yeah, he should be going up the seam and running from the slot all fucking game. He shouldn't ever have to get down and block at all. No. Because that's not what he's built for. Which is why but, they yeah, I know David Fell. I, I think that's a rant I kind of went on last week was about how many tight ends and whatnot could be a mate who – could have been amazing in the league if they weren't asked to be an amazing blocker. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, Njoku is – he was a uh, – he was a freak. But, dude, I don't know. I Depending on how this year goes, I mean, I do you think Hugh Jackson deserves to be an NFL head coach? Honestly, uh, about as much as Marvin Lewis does. <laughs> yeah, he's the Bill Snyder of NFL. I mean, it just uh, – Every year, make the playoffs, but loses every year. Yeah, like he, uh, he he doesn't excite me. Like he has all these amazing weapons, and still I'm just like, eh. Like you're you're my Chris Hogan of coaches. Like, eh. By the way, uh, uh, off topic, but I told you Chris Hogan. Something like that? I told you. <laughs> no, uh, it's – Dude, Texan secondary is pretty fucking legit. No, you're right, but uh, I, I I understand. I'm not saying that they don't have a good secondary. Um, their defense at whole is good, um, but the difference is is Hogan has one catch for 11 yards, and Philip Dorsett has seven for 66. So, well, Phil, Philip Dorsett's about to lose his job too. They just signed uh, Corey Coleman, so. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be dirty. I just can't believe Buffalo thought that they were better. I mean, we're gonna go into this later about the NFL frauds, but I cannot believe Buffalo thought that they were they didn't need Corey Coleman services if they already had a good wide receiver core, yeah. and they were too good for him. 
yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. Um, but let's go ahead and actually uh, we're gonna jump to that topic. So when it comes to NFL Week One, I want to know who the biggest fraud was. Is it the Baltimore Ravens? Is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Is it the Jets? I mean, what? Put the Chiefs, correct? I didn't. I don't have the Chiefs in there, but we can throw them in there as well. Okay. okay. Well, what I went through was uh, I thought Casey. What you're saying for the season or for Week One? Just uh, from what we've seen, body of work. Who's the biggest fraud right now? When I went through this list, when I when I talked about KC, um, I put. Tyreek the Freak, because Tyreek Hill almost won that game single-handedly. Um, starting off with the kick or the punt return, that was fucking ridiculous. But uh, catching it inside the 10 and running all the way around. But um, I thought Pat Mahomes looked amazing under pressure. Like that one touchdown Tyreek caught over the middle. Like, yeah, he was kind of open. But at the same time, Pat Mahomes had a dude hanging on his left shoulder as he threw that. I thought he did really well. His only picks, his only passes that looked like they were going to be pickable was uh, there towards the end of this first half when they were chucking Hail Marys. Um, but I thought, like, being a Chiefs fan, I also know the Chargers dropped, like, three to four touchdowns. Yeah. So the defense, um, although they held, you know, they had a couple good holds in the in the in inside the 30, holding the field goals. But uh, uh, that defense, like I said, I said the Chiefs were going to have to win to literally. I thought they were going to have to score forty to win the game, and they would. They scored thirty-eight, and if the Chargers catch three of those, you know, three of those four touchdowns, the Chiefs lose. No, absolutely. Um, there was but, there was a point where uh, one of them uh, it was a first down play. They're in a play action pass. Um, Travis Benjamin was a wide receiver. Drops it in the end zone, and I thought. Philip Rivers was going to be Philip Rivers and come unglued. He went to take his helmet off and slam it into the turf, and then just for somehow, I don't know how, maybe it was one of his 19 kids that he has, maybe he caught a glimpse of him in the stands, and he just stopped. Yeah, I saw he had his helmet off. He was pissed. Uh, then I then I went to Baltimore, and I don't think we can judge them. I, I talked a lot of shit on Baltimore last week, although I like their defense, but I think this Bills team is historically bad. I I love I love Tyrod and I don't think he got enough fucking credit for taking that team to the playoffs last year because this team both sides of the ball is horrendous. And what was it? What was the score was didn't they score like forty eight or something? It was forty seven to three. Forty seven to three, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean even and, you know, Baltimore had scrubs in there in the second half. So the fact that they still couldn't fucking score is kind of sad. Well, and think of it like this. Like, so Alex Collins is your lead back there in Baltimore, right? They saw that they were just going to beat the brakes off of them. So he played like 18 snaps. Like, Yeah, that Kenneth Dixon had more carries than him, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, he had the same amount of carries as Lamar Jackson. Kenneth Dixon almost doubled his touches. Dude, speaking of that, who I love Lamar, I cannot believe he got a red zone carry that early in the game. <laughs> fucking stoked. Uh, I think here's the the biggest thing. Like you were saying, like how bad it it, it really looks. I mean, they had 153 total yards. Like that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> like Shady McCoy looks like. I mean, I'm I get it. They have a terrible offensive line, but. He's just Dude, he's, of himself. He, well, he doesn't even. He's not even thinking about football right now. He's trying to make sure that he's not going to get caught for breaking in and stealing all his jewelry back from his ex. <laughs> That's all he's thinking about. Uh, I will say I did like um, the fact that uh, Baltimore got all three wide receivers involved, uh, all three new additions. <laughs> obviously, um, Willie Sneed, John Brown, and Michael Crabtree all had touchdowns. Um, Two. Two of those guys, Willie Sneed and John Brown, I have loved for a long time. Yeah, it, they, I mean, and they all had a decent amount of uh, of uh, targets. I think the, the fewest amount was four with John Brown catching three of the four. Um, I think the most impressive thing with him, though, with old Smokey Brown, was uh, 
his touchdown came in the red zone. And when I saw that, you know, that highlight, I was like, are you serious? Like, that never happens. He had one in the preseason like that, too. And I was like, man, that'll never happen again. But sure, <laughs> shit. Uh, the only thing I don't like about, um, obviously, besides Joe Flacco, um, when it comes to their offenses, like, how many tight ends do you need? Yeah, dude, they got like, what, five or six? I don't know, but they played. They got Boyle. They got that Crockett. They got uh, that dude from uh, Darren Waller, who's a he's a freak. Yeah. And then I want to say they got uh, one more guy. I can't remember who it was. Oh, no, they've, yeah, got, they got, they've got three Max, more guys. Max Williams. Yes. And fuck, who's the other dude? Well, one's, one's hurt. Okay. Uh, the first kid. Oh, yeah, Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Yes, and they've got Mark <laughs> Andrews. Uh, it, it, it's How can I six Ravens court, or tight end? Come on, Tanner. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just how, 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 how do you have six tight ends on your roster? When Joe Flacco likes to throw 50-yard passes all game? I mean, when it's his bread, I mean, really, it's the only thing he can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, but I mean, it's kind of like toys. Um, Crockett, I know he's up to like 290 pounds last year because he's from Colorado State, and he literally put he basically became an offensive lineman wearing a tight end number. And then Darren Waller, he came out as a wide receiver because he's from Georgia Tech, and everyone thought he was going to be like the next Calvin Johnson. Well, not literally Calvin Johnson, but his I think he's like six six, like huge dude. He ran like a Four 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 five four. You're like holy shit. But and of course Georgia Tech. So you know he had a lot of praise. But then, like most big wide receivers like that, that are rompers, they just kind of moved into tight end and stashed him there. But yeah, you're right. Like they literally used a first round draft pick on a tight end when they have a billion tight ends. No, absolutely. Um, uh, for the final note of this game, I want to highlight. Um. Not only did the combination of Josh Allen and um, Nathan Peterman throw for, what, like 98 yards, and they threw 33 passes, so that's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> but Peterman went, uh, I'm going to highlight this, Peterman went 5 for 18, he threw for 24 yards, 2 picks, and his total QBR for the game was .7. I don't know if he'll ever be on an NFL team ever again after this year. I, I mean, he started two games, and he has a total of seven interceptions. He might end up killing himself before this year's over. <laughs> he's going to do something. Uh, Dude, he's had, he's had two chances, and he's been I, – I don't even know if he's worthy of a third-string spot. You can't – you know, the whole goal is to have people on your roster who could potentially come in and win you a game or at least somewhat fight for a win. And he honestly, he can't even stay. He can't even stay, keep them in a game for a quarter. You know what it reminds me of? Um, Andrew Luck goes down um, and they're starting. Uh, oh, no, with Painter, Curtis Painter. Well, no, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. It was when they traded, traded for uh, Kobe Brissett. What was that dude's name? Last year? Yes. And they're like, this guy. They're like, this guy that we have is so damn bad that we're gonna have to trade to get an asset because we can't win a game with him. Yeah, uh, I I don't mind. I like I like Brissett. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, like, if you look at it, it's like, is this really what we're going to roll out there? Like, we're not even you know rolling out like Tyler Thigpen and have a chance to win. Yeah, let's not go down that path. We I've been waiting my whole. My whole life for a quarterback, so. Uh, so, jumping to that point, uh, so we brought up the old school QB, Casey uh, QB, and we've kind of hit on this a little bit, but I want to go through a total uh, breakdown of what you thought Casey's week one was and then what week two kind of entails and what you think is going to end up happening. For Casey? Yeah. Um. I don't know. This it's kind of like KU where they set the bar so high this last week, where I feel like all that can happen is bad. But uh, I don't know. I 
I felt bad for Kareem Hunt because he led the NFL in rushing yards last year. I'm pretty certain. And uh, I felt like the the whole game plan was basically use him as a decoy and to get a couple three- and four-yard chunks to kind of, you know, open up the passing game. And I felt bad for him, and I felt bad for Kelsey, but the one, I mean, the one, the most important pass he got, he fucking dropped uh, over by the 10-yard line. But uh, I think this week I want to see if uh, the team is going to try to shut down Tyreek Hill because I'm pretty certain that every week we could almost, you know, last year I felt like a lot of people kind of tried to shut down Travis Kelsey and force teams. I don't, people don't realize how good of a route runner Tyreek is. And I feel like going forward, we're going to start seeing more double teams on Tyreek where Sammy and Kelsey and possibly Hunt can uh, start being involved. So it's not all Tyreek Hill. Like a, it kind of, this week kind of reminded me of a college football game where, one player can basically dominate the game, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that's what it felt like to me, where it was like, Tyreek Hill is unstoppable, and we're just going to allow this to happen. Yeah. But then you have two, I mean, at least, I mean, I love Sammy, but Kelsey and uh, Hunt are, you know, top four to five in their positions, and you have those guys not doing jack shit. You know, like, but, I mean, they still won, of course, but it was it was pretty crazy. You know, I think what impressed me the most um, two players that are on the defensive side. Um, defense obviously played really, really bad. But these guys, I honestly, I looked at it and I was like, you know what? They didn't play so damn bad, you know? Um, especially with one of them, the uh, MO that he has that really comes with him. Um, the first guy is Anthony Hitchens. Um, he comes over from the Cowboys. He's trying to solidify. You know, trying to solidify that middle uh, of the linebacking core. Um and he really didn't play that bad. I mean, he had 14 total tackles, six of them being solo, two for loss. Um, played all right. You know, he isn't, you know, he isn't like a, what you would call a flashy or sexy linebacker that's going to go out there and just, you know, Luke Keekly stuff. Um, he's just not that type of guy. But, I mean, he's okay. Um, and the second guy was, like I said, the guy with the MO that I've looked at every time. I made fun of him last week because I re-signed him. I was like, they re-signed Ron Parker. He comes out, he has nine tackles, seven of them solo, and has a has a pick, has a chance for another one. See, it's it's funny how you know everyone talks shit on Sutton, but he can get guys like that, like even Daniel Sorensen. I have I have re- I mean he didn't play this week, but I have reason to believe like he probably shouldn't be on an NFL roster, but for some reason in this weird ass defense that Sutton runs. It's just, you know, with hybrid-type safeties and cornerbacks, like, he balls out, and you're like, you know, he does – he gets people – the best out of people that nobody else wants, you know? Yeah. But I was kind of surprised. I thought you were going to pull out uh, Mr. D. Ford. You know – I thought D. I thought he looked damn good. He was exploding. There was a couple times where, like, the tackle, like, barely got a hand on him. But Phillip Rivers has one of the fastest fucking releases in the NFL, so it, you know – I think he only, he only got one sack, I believe. Yeah, he, yeah, he got the one sack out yeah. of the whole team. But I thought I was really impressed because he looks like he's bulked up a little bit too. Yeah. Um, what I will say is, the, in my opinion, the entire defensive line, when you're talking about Jones, you're talking about Allen Bailey, Justin Houston, um, D. Ford, uh, it was very, to me, um, underwhelming um, outside of D. Ford. Obviously, I think D. Ford, I agree with you, had a, had a pretty good game. Um all of his tackle, tackles were solo, and he had a sack, obviously, the only one they had, like you said. But Justin Houston looked lost. Um, Alan Bailey, uh, I don't even know why he's still playing. I mean, I know he's a mo- mountain of a man, and he's just physically I think he's imposing. Still good coin, too. Yeah, I mean, he's making decent money, but, like, he's not doing anything. He literally had no tackles, No, I mean, nothing. Um, he's yeah. not solidifying anything because it's not like – I've been sliding on Houston ever since he signed that contract. It's basically – it's almost ever since he's gotten that deal, he hasn't done jack shit. I mean, I know he's been hurt off and on, but at the same time, it's and it comes a point where it's like, you know, you're costing us almost like $23 million a year. That's like a solid cornerback and a solid linebacker and possibly something else, you know. 
especially with how many holes this team has on defense. While your defense is like tearing bitches up. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at how to mold and like how to sign guys, I mean, we just paid Daniil Hunter a bunch of money. I mean, but it wasn't just in Houston money. Like we, you know, our GM sat down and said, listen, you're a very good player. We don't want to play against you. We want you to be here. However, if you think you're going to get Khalil Mack money, you can go and play somewhere else. Like, because that's not how this is going to, you know, work. Like, we have a chance to win here. So, if you want to win and you want to be a part of a defense that lines up guys like Anthony Barr, you know, Rhodes. I mean, we've got Harrison Smith. We've got an amazing group and talent. Like, honestly, if you look at our defensive line, um, I think this may be biased, but tell me another defensive line that's as good as that. You got um, Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter on the outside, and then in the middle you've got uh, Dalvin or Laval Joseph, and then you've got Sheldon Richardson on the inside. Like, tell me one. I, I was watching them just straight wreak havoc. I mean, I know that San Francisco's line isn't like you know cream of the crop. But at the same time, I mean, Daniel Hunter, if you give him a one-on-one situation, you're done. You're yeah. done. And at times, you're going to have to because, I mean, Joseph, in his, in his own right, when it comes to being in the middle, like, you're going to have to double him. I mean, there's no way you give him one-on-one. No way. Um, going to who underwhelmed in week one that you think prospers in week two? Bounce back. Bounce back candidate, Tom. Bounce back candidate. You know, kind of took me took me for for a second. Let me uh, let me ponder it. You go ahead and, and give me what you think. You started talking about San Francisco and um, Marquise Goodwin went down fairly early for them, and I feel like Jim. People are already talking trash on Jimmy G, throwing those picks and whatnot. But like you said. Minnesota has a top three defense. And Jimmy G, his best receiver is Pierre Garçon, who is ancient, who can't get any, away from anyone. His second best receiver is a second-year tight end, George Kittle, who, who is, you know, he has super high sparks score. I have him in a lot of dioceses. I like him. But he's still a second-year tight end. Wow. And, you know, he had a key drop. And, oh, God, the next one up is Pettis, I believe. People don't realize he literally doesn't even have like a wide receiver three that he's throwing to. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize like Jimmy G should have had two more touchdowns, right? So he threw one to Pierre Garcon that Garcon had in his hands. They got knocked away um, by I believe Trey uh, Trey Waynes, which I don't know how you let him do that because he's terrible. But that happened, and then you turn right back around, and then Kittle, like you said, drops what should have been a seventy-yard touchdown. It was like eighty. He, he, and the thing is, like, people don't realize that. I don't I mean, I know, I think I talked about this last week too, that uh, Shanahan's pretty cocky dude. Why the hell did they not sign Martavis Bryant? Because the Raiders just went and re signed him. And I thought he was going to get suspended, but why the hell? Like, he instantly becomes, you know, light years better than anyone that they have as a receiver. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think that. Uh... spend 130 million on a quarterback. I mean, you got to give someone to throw to that is 40 years old and and someone who wouldn't be cut by every other team on the league. You know, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I would say, for me, the guy that I really look at, um, though I think will bounce back, uh, is actually going to play um, Jimmy G. He had a terrible week last week. Um, I don't really know what it is. I don't know if uh, – a lot of people are harping on, you know, maybe um, with old backwards cap Matt coming in as a head coach. Um, they're basically comparing him, uh, Matt Patricia, to what um, what Belichick tried to do when he was in Cleveland the first time around. Basically, it's uh, no nonsense. Like, I mean, but it's to this point where nobody can do anything right. You know what I mean? Like. To that point yeah. of there is no, there's nothing. You can't do anything great. You have to do everything perfect, right? And Whereas their last coach was a super uh, laid back guy who 
probably look, he looks like he's never yelled at anyone in his life. Exactly. And I think that <laughs> they, they've had reports that basically like there's it's just training. Kind of, yeah. It's basically just been like, uh, you know, a revolt kind of, I mean, they're just like, you know, we're not going to put up with this shit. You know, he's, yeah, here, you know, trying to teach all these schemes and we're trying to buy into it, but we're not doing exactly perfect. And we're just tired. But also, but also, uh, as fuel to that fire, is keeping, you know, I know Jim, they say Jim Bob Cooter and Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford had a good relationship, uh-huh. but see, having that guy who could secretly undermine, not saying that he is undermining, but, you know, when you leave a guy there, you know, offensive coordinator is like one of the most important positions under head coach, and you leave that same guy there who was successful there last year, it, it leaves that, you know, that voice in the back of your head or the guy whispering behind you to all the players, you know? Oh, yeah. And I've, that's how I feel like, especially that's what I thought of as soon as I saw that players already in training camp are already tired of him. They don't like him. And I'm like, oh my God, Jim Bob Cooter is going to be stuck, you know, in the middle. Like maybe he does get along with Patricia or he's like, yeah, fuck this dude. Like, you yeah. know, he has me staying here till three in the morning, coming back at five in the morning. And, you know, whereas Caldwell, like, you know, was super laid back and he won games and we, I mean, we weren't bad, but he played in the NFC North, like at a, you know, the Lions, you know, it's a bad time to be in NFC North right now. We could just say that. Absolutely. And But to that point uh, that I was getting at, yeah, it's Matthew Stafford. I think that he'll bounce back and have a decent game. Um, I don't foresee him having a QBR of 47 and throwing four interceptions again. It's just not <laughs> It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. I think that goes to uh, when we were talking about the frauds. Um, I couldn't decide between the Jets and the Bucks. Because I thought, although Darnold, he threw a pick six on his first play, I thought it was hilarious. But uh, people are already praising him, saying that he's the next, you know, New, New York God and how the Giants fucked up. But it's like, it's the same thing with the Baltimore Bills game. Like, the Lions were so bad on offense and were handing them the ball. Like, Ooh. I don't think you could fairly inadequately judge what the New York Jets did on offense. Think about it like this. Like, if you think about it, in that retrospect, I mean, the five turnovers um, that they had, how many times did they start in plus territory? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. And everyone's already sucking uh, – what's his name's hoo-ha? Because, I mean, I'm not a very big Sam Darnold fan yet. I think he's better than, better than Josh Allen. But it's just like everyone's already saying he's the best quarterback in this class. And I'm like, dude, he didn't really face you – know, you know, he didn't really have to do much in my opinion, but – no, absolutely. Um, so let's let's go ahead and jump to our last topic here. Um, last week, um, it was actually a pretty cool thing, you know, that we've started, you know, with the head-to-head fantasy football. Um, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, um, did you dirty? Um, even though you think he's pretty, he did you dirty. Um, I did tell you it was a terrible pick, though, but I had to pick him. <laughs> I ended up winning. Uh, 242.2 to 195.6. Um, big week, but we're going to, once again, we're going to, like I said, we're going to do a DraftKings style. We're going to draft different players every week. Um, and I'll let, you, I'll let you go ahead and have the first pick again this week. All right. Hmm. I'll take, I got to go with my guy. I'll go with uh, Kamara. Um, that's actually a really good pick. I think that he has a uh, favorable match of this week, obviously going against the Browns, so that should be pretty damn interesting to say the least. Um, I am going to stick with who I think that, you know, I, I, I got to be smart here. I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. Uh, I mean, he's just a consistent, a consistent stud. Um, and I think that I am going to come back uh, with a guy, oh, goodness, a guy that I had also last week had a good, you know, a good good introduction to the uh, NFL. I'm going to pick Saquon Barkley again. Saquon with his one good run. Yeah, one good run. All right. Do I go one or two? get two two 
Um, let's go. Hey, what did the Ravens D end up getting me last week? Do you know? 27. Not bad. That's probably my best player. <laughs> yeah, he's third best. Uh, Kamara got 48.8. Todd Gurley had 32.4. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to do a uh, – although I can't – it'll be hard to reciprocate, but I'm going to go with a stack of Mahomes and Hill. I think they're going to have to score some fucking points. That's a good stack. Obviously, you know, I, I allowed you to make my last pick last week, and you graciously gave me Terry Kill, who scored uh, our game high of 52.4 points last week. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was between Hill and Hunt, right? Yeah, and that would have been a very I close said, game. I said you had to go with Hill. Uh, He's, it, was, it was basically what I envisioned because I was like, man, Andy has been waiting – since he took over for the Chiefs, he has been waiting to have this. I mean, even with the Eagles, Donovan Nav, although he was good, he he tried to make Donovan Nav into this prolific, you know, air raid type of offense. And although they had Brian Westbrook and they could run, Donovan Nav just wasn't that good. You know, he was good, but he wasn't, you know, over the top yeah. good. And I think he sees that in Mahomes where it's like just drooling where he's like, he, he finally got to go in the back of this playbook he's been holding on for 20 years. Oh, where yeah. it's just fucking Texas Tech shit, and I think it's going to be super exciting. I mean, there's going to be some – like the defense, it was hard to watch. It was like, how is this an NFL defense? But I think Mahomes and Hill are going to be in for some fun-ass fantasy this year. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go with uh, – well, oh, as I say that, I'm rethinking my entire life situation <laughs> here. I'm going to go with the guy who had um, – he came back up injury last week, looked good at times, um, had a really good run, fumbled. Um, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Uh, yeah. I was surprised how many carries he got last week. You know, yeah, I, I was too, um, especially early on. Yeah, he came out just getting fed. So, uh, and I'm going to bounce back um, with that and go against the guy who's playing against the Buffalo Bills. And I'm gonna take Keenan Allen. Oh God! <laughs> that could backfire. Melvin Gordon could have like four touchdowns in the first quarter, and then hey, he gets benched. Don't don't talk about my flex like that. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we have flexes. <laughs> Keenan Allen. All right. Um, I'll leave you, Chris Hogan, to take for your other wide receiver spot. <laughs> Um, I gotta go with Gurley again. I I know last year his his touchdown numbers were crazy, but he had a pretty good. I think it was like a twenty yard touchdown this week. I think he's he's pretty much that entire offense. So I'll go Gurley, and I get one more. Mm-hmm. Um, who the pass play this week? You know. The Patriots play Jacksonville. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so Mr. Mr. Gronk is probably not a wise selection. Um I'll take Odell as my other receiver. It's a good pick. I fucking love Odell. Do you see him take uh Saquon's game ball or touchdown ball? Uh-uh. There's a video of him like stealing it from his locker and running. It's it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> He's like a child. Uh, I'm going to take um, – go ahead and take Travis Kelsey. I'm going to be cheering against Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and uh, what do I want to do here? Uh, oh, man, that's a terrible matchup. I about said David Johnson, and I realized they're playing the Rams. That's not a good good idea. Um, I am actually going to go uh, with guy also in his second year that didn't get drafted last week. He's got he's playing the Falcons. I think he's I don't know maybe this is his highlight game. I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey. CMC. Um. 
right. My time. Yep. Um, can't go wrong. I'm gonna use them until they prove me otherwise. I'm gonna take the Ravens D again, just because they they were generous and gave me 27. Although they'll probably get four this week, I gotta pick them again. And fuck, hey, what did uh, what did uh, Jimmy get me last? Jimmy Graham, I totally forgot I picked him. What did yeah. he get last week? Eleven. Oh, I thought okay. It's better than I thought. I was like, fuck, I bet he got me nothing. Um, Lex, you got Saquon Cook. Um, god dang, the Cowboys are depressing this year. I know. I, I I thought about taking Zeke, but then I was like, you know what? No. Yeah, dude, he's. Him and Dak both. It's kind of the sky's kind of starting to fall in Dallas, dude. Oh yeah. Um, you always take James Conner. I mean, he's probably going to have nine thousand yards rushing against the Chiefs defense. That's true. Um, Adrian Peterson's playing yeah. the Colts. Yeah, I'll take Conner. He was only like 4,000 points in fucking DraftKings this week. Yeah. Uh, last week. I'm going to go ahead and take – oh, boy. This is – you know, it seems – it sounds like it'd be easy just doing like a two-person draft, but there's so many fucking guys. It makes it kind of hard. You feel like an idiot for not – you know, like right now no one has Julio Jones. It makes me feel like I'm a freaking idiot. Oh, I agree. Um, I'm going to take. I know this may not seem like a smart pick, but um, Rogers is hobbled, and I don't believe in their running game. I'm going to take <laughs> Minnesota's defense, and I'm also going to go ahead and take. Um, oh boy. You know, as soon as, like I said, as soon as you think you know who you want, and you're like, you know, no, just no. Go ahead and give me, where is he at? I'm going to take Justin Tucker again. Justin Tucker. So you have a tight end and a kicker left. I'll take... I'll take Butker. And mm, I'll take Kittle. Because Goodwin's gonna be out this week. So it literally leaves Garcon. Some dude it's like something pettis and then Kittle. Well, I'm going to go with the guy who's going to match up with Keenan Allen. I'm going to take my last pick. is going to be Phillip Rivers. Who do they play this week? Buffalo. Oh, God. <laughs> so. Oh, shit. So some, one of us should have t- took Melvin. Yeah. I thought about it, like I said, with my flex instead of McCaffrey. But I was like, yeah, I can't put too many eggs in one basket. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, man. Like, uh, but, like what? I'm sorry. I was going to say, it was like, like me taking the Chiefs kicker and wide receiver and quarterback, yeah. banking on, on extra points or field goals. Well, uh, talking about fantasy football, I my best team, um, it's, it's I, I feel like I drafted with little kids. Um, I got David Johnson with the sixth overall pick. It, it just – it was ridiculous. Like, I I will have to show you a picture of this team, and you can just bask in the, the aura that I have. If I lose a game, I don't know how. Um, we'll just take that. <laughs> um, I have – the big connection for me this week for that team was the Drew Brees to um, Michael Thomas connection that I had. Nice. Um, it, it's just – it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I mean – and in that league, like, you get crazy points for, like, bonuses and stuff like that. Like, they scored me 101 points by themselves. Yep. Yeah, he, uh, Thomas still doesn't have any respect, even though 
the last couple of years, he's had a shitload of touchdowns and over a thousand yards receiving. Yeah, it's. I mean, let, let me just give you. As I say that, I'll just go ahead and give you a rundown. So, you have to have uh, basically a certain setup. Like you can't like stack a whole bunch of running backs or wide receivers on your team or anything like that. Um, I've got two quarterbacks. I've got Drew Brees and Tyrod Taylor. Um, in this league, Tyrod Taylor scored thirty points last week. Um, my running backs are Alex Collins, Devontae Freeman, David Johnson, and Dion Lewis. Um, for wide receivers, I have Michael Thomas, Josh Gordon, Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, and Mike Williams. Tight ends, I've got Zach Ertz and Jake Butt. Kickers, I have our two kickers in the fantasy. That's kind of funny. We've drafted in the last two weeks. I've had I have Justin Tucker and Harrison Butker. And I've got Minnesota's defense and the Lions defense. Hey, you got the Lions defense. You're ready to kill. Hey, they still had 14 points last week <laughs> in this league. <laughs> like, the, the the scoring is ridiculous. Like I said, I mean, uh, you know, Michael Thomas has, goes off at 50 and Drew Brees has 51 last week. Like, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Um, I I joined uh, Stefan's. It's my first ever uh, dynasty. Or, uh, it's a dynasty, but it's also a defensive league. And I never really studied defense or really knew much about it. But uh, Miles Garrett got me like 68 points this last week, and like I looked at the thing and I saw it was up like 120 points. I'm like, what the hell? And I see, and I texted Stefan. Stefan's like, yeah, the defensive settings on this league is fucking stupid. You have like <laughs> defensive players. And then I had, you know, it's it it was crazy because I also had I'm, I was pretty stoked because I got Miles Garrett and Joey Bosa. But Bosa sat out because you can start two DNs. I'm like, dude, these two could tear some shit up. Absolutely. But I mean, that'd be we'll, ridiculous. We'll see how it goes. It's probably beginner's luck. Just that's why, like this last week, it's just like, oh, you know, KU Chiefs three one a dynasty. It's like the only, only bad things can come now. <laughs> but, uh, but hey, man, I think we got a uh, quality cast this time around. Uh, as always, um, thanks everybody for tuning in and listening to us, uh, and we appreciate it. Um, we're we know we're able to track. You know, we Tanner and I were talking about um, we're we're looking more into the uh, insights and analytics of you know who's viewing and and all that stuff. So, uh, those of you who continue to turn in on Anchor, um, thank you. Um, along with you know, make sure you're checking us out on iTunes and Spotify as well. So. Um, For Tanner and I, uh, peace.